the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would like to begin this morning by asking you to close your eyes. Just for a minute, I want you to close your eyes. And while your eyes are closed, I want you to imagine Jesus. What does Jesus look like? What does Jesus look like to you? How do you experience him? What features stand out? You can open your eyes again. It'd be interesting this morning if we had time to go around the room and to hear each of you describe the ways that we envision Jesus. I'm sure there would be some collective overlap, right? There are certain images of Jesus, pictures, depictions, paintings, drawings that we have seen, that we have seen in popular culture and in paintings and drawings. And so we might share some of these descriptors, but there might also be ways that you experience Jesus and would describe Jesus that would be unique to maybe you or just your family. I was thinking this week about a picture that hung in my living room in, the child, in my childhood home. It was just next to the TV that led, uh, or that, that butted right up to a doorway that went back into our bedrooms. And so I would see this picture every morning as I left to go into the kitchen, and I would see that same picture, this picture of Jesus, every night when I would go to bed. I don't know that this picture stood out to me as extraordinary at the time as a child, but as I look back to me, it has become in some ways extraordinary. This picture, which you have probably seen, it is a popular picture of Jesus, created by an artist named Catherine Brown. I believe it is titled Jesus and the Lamb. It is a charcoal drawing uh, on white paper, uh, and it is Jesus, and most of Jesus is covered because he is embracing a lamb, putting Jesus into that popular parable of the lost sheep. The only thing that is visible about Jesus is really the top of his forehead and the top of his head, but the rest of him is covered by this loving embrace. What I love about this picture, and I don't know that I could have described this as a child, but what I loved about this picture is that I could not see any of Jesus' facial features. There was nothing necessarily recognizable about his physical appearance. And because it was charcoal on paper, there was no skin color or ethnicity to determine. Jesus was just this loving embrace, this person who is reaching out to those who are lost. And now, even at 39, when I think about Jesus, this is oftentimes the first picture that comes into my mind. Back in 2015, there was a forensic uh, anthropologist who took on the mission of reconstructing Jesus' face or what Jesus' face would likely look like. You may remember this because this, uh, this forensic anthropologist took three skulls from first century Israel and used these skulls to reconstruct what Jesus might have looked like. His name was Richard Neve. And 
At the time when this picture was released, I can remember standing in grocery stores and seeing this picture on the cover of magazines. Is this what the historical Jesus actually looked like? And the hubbub, the discussion around it, was that Jesus was not, as often depicted in paintings, a tall, white, European man, but instead a short, broad-faced, wide-nosed, brown-skinned, black-eyed, first-century Jew. It was unsettling for some because it disrupted their image, their vision of who Jesus was. Because when they looked in the mirror, they assumed that Jesus looked like them. There really is something important about how we imagine Jesus. Because it affects not only how we come to church and how we worship, but it also affects how we treat other people. And when we can only imagine a Jesus that looks like us, that has skin color like us, that organizes and gathers with the same people that we would gather, that has the same feelings towards this group or that group, well, in the words of Anne Lamont, we can safely assume that we have created God in our own image and not the other way around. When Jesus looks like us and talks like us, it is a gateway to ethnic and religious nationalism. And in our context, it is a gateway to white nationalism and Christian nationalism. And my friends, we should run in the opposite direction in the temptation to believe that this is who Jesus is and that Jesus is exactly like us. In fact, the whole thing about Jesus is that Jesus is supposed to challenge us to change, to become better, to reach a new height, a new version of ourselves that is better than the one that we are today. And once Jesus stops challenging us to grow, Jesus loses Jesus' purpose. And what's interesting is as we look at the Gospels, there is no physical description of Jesus. I challenge you to find one. The only two things that we really get in the gospel that give us any indication of what Jesus actually looked like was that he was in his early 30s and that his face did not stand out in the crowd. It's amazing because other characters, we do get descriptions. Think about in your mind how you can envision John the Baptist just by the way he is described in the gospel accounts. And yet Jesus, the main character, there is literally nothing given to us for us to imagine what he actually looks like. And I want you to think about these last three weeks of Easter. It is after the resurrection, not that we get more description of who Jesus is, but we realize how hard it is for the people who were closest to Jesus to recognize him. On Easter Sunday, we read the story of Mary standing outside of the tomb, and she is grieving, and Jesus comes to her. She has this encounter with the risen Lord, and she mistakes him to be the gardener until he calls her by her name, Mary. Last week, the disciples are gathered together in a house not once, but twice. They are locked away because of fear, and Jesus appears in their midst, and they do not recognize him at first until he shows them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And now the gospel passage today, his two followers, these two disciples who had known Jesus, who had laid eyes on him, who had witnessed not only his ministry, but his miracles. They had heard his teachings directly from his mouth, and yet they walk a path for seven miles and invite him into their home and share a meal with him. And it is not until he is breaking bread that they even know who he is. They are hearing his voice and looking at his face 
It is almost as if his physical description is left out on purpose. Because if we knew too much, we would idolize that one image. Those of us that maybe look too much like that description might think that we are somehow higher than anyone else. It is important for us to ask these questions. What does Jesus look like? And the challenge that I have been feeling this week is that there are some places where I struggle to see Jesus. Uh, Laura will tell you that I oftentimes try to see the best in people. Even when uh, there aren't many reasons to find the best in them, I'm still looking for a reason. And yet, and yet I confess to you that the grocery store brings out, she knows what I'm talking about, the grocery store brings out the worst in me. I don't say any of it out loud, but internally, it is a struggle to see Jesus in the grocery store. I tried to avoid it as much as possible. The pandemic was really a dream because I just didn't have to go to the grocery store at all. We could order it, right, go pick it up. But I find myself going to the grocery store. We went this week, I think it was Thursday, we needed some paper towels or something like that. It was supposed to be an in-and-out trip. And somehow that in-and-out trip turned into 20 minutes because just people would not get out of our way. Everyone was on the aisle that we needed to be in, right? And they were all having 15-minute discussions about which noodles they needed when we just needed the one box of noodles that we knew that we needed, right? Everyone is just going at their own pace, and they're having phone conversations with whoever's not at the grocery store. And in this particular trip, there was a man who got in front of us at the express checkout. Let me repeat that. The express checkout. And he had at least... 10 bags of produce for which he did not know how many pieces of produce he had and he did not know the code so he had to manually put them in. Friends, I struggled in that line to see Jesus in this person's face. I mean truly struggled. We got out to the car and Laura said that was a struggle for you. Said, it was. But the challenge of Easter is that the face of Jesus is all around us. It is in the face of our neighbor. It is in the face of the people that we see from day to day and is in the face of people that we do not or will not ever know their names. The face of Jesus can be seen by the people or in the people who are standing in front of the noodles or papal towels that you need. The face of Jesus is present in the man in the express line who has gotten way too many groceries to be in that line. The face of Jesus is present in the person who cut you off in traffic or drove too slow and made you late to your next appointment. The face of Jesus is all around us. And if we were given too much of a description, we just might miss it. That the clearest picture of Jesus' face is in the person sitting next to you right now. Do you want to know what the face of Jesus looks like? Simply turn to your left and your right. He is right next to you at all times. Amen.